Hey, this is Michael Becchio from Brilliant Perspectives, and welcome to today's podcast. This episode is from our new BTV Highlights series, which features some of the gold that's been coming out of Brilliant TV, our weekly mentoring and training community. Graham and our team are helping thousands of people through devotionals and in-depth teaching on experiencing the nature of God, recognizing and establishing His favor as a lifestyle, and developing real understanding of what it means to be a new creation in Christ. Graham even jumps in regularly to respond to questions and comments throughout our member community. For more info, weekly videos, and access to hundreds of hours of incredible conferences, head to BrilliantTV.com. Now, here's Graham. So here's the thing about us. It's important for us to believe something that is in line with God's word and God's integrity. If we believe something contrary to God's word and integrity, it puts us in a wrong place. So a point I want to make here is this. We're not on the hook because we we, uh, behave like an unbeliever. You're not on the hook because you behave like an unbeliever. You're on the hook because you think like one. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let me read you something from Romans uh, 5, verse 1. I'm going to read the first 11 verses. And it says this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, expectation, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpers at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath, from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exult in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. There's a two-sided reality of our life in Christ. We are complete in him, and our acceptance in him is secure. And secondly, we are growing up into him and becoming more like him. It's interesting, you know, the kingdom works differently than the world. In the world, when you can start out in business-wise, you can start out in the mailroom and 35 years later, work your way up to become CEO of the company. So the world is about increments that you earn. Yeah, You learn, you earn, you grow, you develop. You start here, you progress through there. So in the world, fullness is at the end of something. And you're moving towards it progressively. In the kingdom, fullness is at the beginning. 
The Bible says we are complete in him. So the kingdom is the only place where you get absolutely everything up front. God God says you are complete in him. He gives you all the fullness, all the abundance you're ever likely to need in the whole of your life comes to you in a block up front. And then what he does is he teaches you how to live from fullness, not towards it. So you take that fullness into every single situation. So every step you take already has a provision that travels with you because fullness and abundance is yours now. That's how God thinks. He's not thinking, I'll give it to you as you go. I'll I'll give it to you as you ask and so on. He's saying, it's all here. It's all right now. All your expectation is currently present with you. I'm going to teach you how to live in that fullness. I'm going to teach you how to live from abundance, not towards it. I'm going to teach you how to live in your inheritance, not be moving towards it. I'm going to teach you, you are full now, you are complete now, and I'm going to teach you how to think and work and walk from completion, not towards it. So you are always full in your thinking. You always know that everything is right here, right now. Therefore, what it means is that your provision does not depend on your behavior. Your provision depends on your identity in Jesus, which is always full. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you know, you look pretty full to me. Yeah. So we are fully persuaded. Yeah. That means we are persuaded about fullness. I have fullness now. I have completion now. And what I'm learning is I'm developing the expectation that walks into every situation and I take the weight of that fullness into all of my circumstances. And that makes me a brilliant servant and an amazing son. Yeah? Everything with God, it's up front. It's a paradox. A paradox is two apparently conflicting ideas contained in the same truth. Remember, you have to be last to be first, give to receive, and so on. Yeah? And die to live. So at one and the same time, we have the status of sons of God and the duties of a servant. Yeah? We feel the presence of God And we also feel the pressure of sin. We enjoy the peace of his nature in us as we face the reality of our situation. And in a paradox, the issue is what comes first. So Mary and Martha is a paradox. You can't build a church unless Martha is present. Because she's a doer. Yeah? But you have to build a church upon what Mary is doing, is being. So Mary is the being side, Martha is the doing side, and both of them are in you right now. You get to be and you get to do, but the priority is who you are becoming. What God is being to you, what you are being in him, is the priority. So in a paradox, 
the priority is always about relationship with God. So <clears throat> I love to be a son, but there are days when I have to be a servant, and that's cool too, yeah? So we never grow discouraged because we know that life in the Spirit is a paradox. We, are, we were sinners, but now we are saints. And so now the saint has to take precedence in your thinking. What does that mean? I am one of God's holy ones. And so I think like a holy one. I'm going to act like a holy one. So when I met this guy that I'd been warned off of, I wanted to act like a saint towards him. So I went and I saw him and I, and I sat down. We hadn't met before and he's cautious, you know, because he's just got stabbed in the back by a bunch of people, some of whom he thought were his friends. And some things that he'd shared confidentially have now become public knowledge. There is no greater betrayal than that, I think. And so he doesn't know what to expect from me. So he's a, you can tell he's walking like he's, you know, he's just been in a car accident. He's, you know, he's cautious. He's being, walking very gingerly around me and so on. And so uh, I get him a coffee. And so I sit down. I said, I'm really glad to meet you. Um, can I just say something to you first before we start just getting to know each other? And he flinched. He actually flinched. And my heart went out to him. And I said, you know, uh, the Lord wanted to talk about you to me several days ago. And the thing that I really loved about the conversation, I loved the way that God spoke to me about you. You know, it just like, I sat there thinking, whoa, that's amazing. I hope you're talking to me you know, about me to other people in the same way. And now his eyes perk up and he said, so what did he say? I said, well, first of all, let me talk about the way he spoke about you. There was so much affection in his voice. Like he totally got you, he totally loved you, knew who you were and everything. And, and that he wasn't bothered in the slightest about where you are right now because he knows what he wants to be for you. And he sat back in his chair and he said, really? I said, yeah. I said, and this is what he told me about you. And I said, I'm going to try and say it in the way that God said it to me. But, you know, I, just one caveat. You need to know that I'm not the Lord. So I might not do it as well as he would. And so I said it in exactly the same way. And he's just sat there weeping. What does he need right now? He needs to know that he's a son. I don't need to treat him like a servant. He needs to know he's a son. You know? I need to get it back in his heart. Hey, you are the beloved of God. And so we ended up spending four hours together, and I rebuilt his relationship with God in four hours. Just takes love, grace, right perception.
I love the fact that in Romans 5, we have all these elements of God's kindness toward us to empower us to become what he sees when he looks at us, that we're justified, justified by faith in his blood. We have peace with God through Jesus. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, that we can rejoice in expectation of his glory, that God has and will continue to demonstrate his love to us, that we have been saved from wrath in the present and our future life, that we're saved by his life, that the love of God is being poured out upon us. As believers, God is not in two minds about us ever, even on the day when we're being followed around by the spirit of stupid. He is still not in two minds about us. Because he doesn't look at our behavior, he's looking at our identity. And he does that all the time. And he calls us up, Graham, this is who you are. This is how I see you. Yeah, but I did that. Yeah, I understand about that, but this is who you are. Yeah, but Lord, I did that. I understand about that, son, but this is who you are. But, Graham, there are no buts. This is me you're talking to. And this is how I see you. But Lord, I know you see yourself there, but you know what, son? You can change your mind about that because I'm not thinking about that. I'm only seeing you as this. So right now, you need to do some thinking. I remember what God said to my, one of my great friends, Bobby Mumford. He said, Bobby, you and I are incompatible and I don't change. Bobby said, he said, great, that was like, that was the sweetest kiss of the Father that I'd ever had in my life up until that point. But I've had a lot more kisses since. 